welcome to this episode of Turkish TV Time. Today we're talking about Ethos slash Bir Başkaları episode 7, so the penultimate episode of the season. And I am actually drinking something tea adjacent, which is Mold's hot apple cider, which is delicious. Ooh, I love it. Delicious. Mm-hmm. Any tea from the rest of the team? I had a glass of water, which I would argue is also tea adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> I had lemongrass water. Oh. Fancy. I don't know what you call that in English, but like in Colombia, it's, it's normal to have like infusions after dinner mm-hmm. to like help with digestion in theory. That's I don't know healthy. if that's true or not. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it would harm you, you know, the, you know. At worst, it would just have n- neutral effect. <laughs> no, Although I've also heard that drinking hot water is like good for you, but who knows? Uh-huh. Just like straight. <laughs> like there's a lot of people that drink it like before eating anything, with like cayenne pepper and like weird crap because oh. it's supposed to like help you lose weight somehow. I don't know. Oh, hmm. That doesn't sound spin-off, po- spin-off podcast. <laughs> Drink hot water with various substances. See what happens to us. Talk about it. Oh God. Um, okay. Well, please don't do that. And now <laughs> we're gonna move on into the recap, where I'm gonna tell you what happened in this episode, and Ezgi is gonna correct me, and Sophia is going to remember what's in this episode and what's in the next episode <laughs> because she watched them both. <laughs> Okay, so first we see Yasin like talking at Maryam about Pyrunisa and um, Psycho Girl, who I still don't know her name. <laughs> and uh, I guess I could look up her name because that would make it. Was, oh, oh, the, the girlfriend. It's yeah, something with an ass, I think. I forgot her name too. I think it's Celine. I don't know if I'm wrong. I'll check, I'll look on IMDb. Um, is it Borju? Oh yeah, it is. Yep, it's Borju. Okay, great. You were really close, Sophia. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they ever said her name though. To be, I fair. don't think. I don't think so. Yeah, I think she's just. Oh, it's that girl. Oh no, right. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> the vibe I I have anyway. <laughs> Um, and he's like talking about it and he's like so confused about how the Hoja's daughter could be, um, could be involved in something like this and what's going on. And he, and then they like pull back the camera and reveal that he's in a hospital bed, which is just hilarious and wouldn't be hilarious if it wasn't Yasin, but it is. So it's funny. And he, I guess she stabbed him in the leg or something. <laughs> So, okay, so the, sorry to interrupt you, but the confusing yeah. part for me in this scene, and also it's been admittedly a while since I watched the prior episode, uh, but I thought that, so he describes it as though he like put up a big struggle and like he yes, hit her like and he she hit her. him. And, yeah. But I don't think, did that happen? I feel like she just like went for his leg. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not that so we saw. Just, yeah. Okay. I, I was, I kind of feel like he was just trying to make it seem like it was a fight between equals when like clearly he was the weaker one 
Yeah, actually, that's a really good catch. You're right. Yeah. From what we saw he didn't do any of what he described. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he was like, I beat her and then I slapped her really hard. And then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because she was also like, you hit her? Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I have a question. Th this is, might seem like a dumb question, or it might just be that we haven't talked about the show in a while. But like, where did the whole beef with them originate like because I know that he was a bouncer at the club and like they went to get into the bathroom together and like like he saw Hydronisa and like he was confused because he like definitely recognized her and then he defended her from the dog but Bourdieu for some reason has always hated him Bourdieu hates him because of how he treated them at the <clears> bar <throat> at the like kick like kicking them out like dragging them out essentially yeah and I think she's would never ever let go of a grudge. <laughs> yeah, and then he like comes upon them, and I guess recognizes them from the club because they're when together. They're together. Yeah, and then it's like, what did you have something to do with my wife? And that's how the confrontation happens. Yeah, because he has like zero idea where his wife is. He because they right. got that threat before, so he is assuming like a, a true uh, horror scenario, but. Yeah, anyway, not that. <laughs> um, and he he kind of comes to the realization while talking to Miriam that uh she Bourdieu had nothing to do with his wife disappearing because she was confused when he asked the question. Um, and then he has this like long, teary monologue about how he's not gonna bother Hoja about it, I guess, <laughs> or question him about it. And <laughs> Mariam is like very slightly sassy about how Hoja is not a civil servant anymore. He's retired. And of course, um, Yasin calls her on it. So then we move on to Hoja, who, um, oh, and Hyrunisa, sorry. And she's in her room and she's listening to music and bopping along. And then Hoja, her dad comes in and he's like, what are you listening to? Foreign music yikes what if they curse and then they just have like a cute bonding moment he talks about he has a long monologue about talking to his wife and his dream and talks about going to the afterlife which is concerning and then Hyrunisa admits that she's going back she plans to go back to Konya for university um and she tells him like you should go too and he's like where would I go and so that's sad but they're still like very sweet and loving to each other, which is not something we see with any of the other families on the show. Then we go back to the village and Ruhie notices somebody is watching her um, and that's it. And then we go to Gubin. Ugh, she's the worst. She's not the worst. Her sister's the worst, but <laughs> I don't love her either. No, I think she, <laughs> I don't know. She was the worst for me in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we see um, Gulbin's brother has taken a turn for the worse and her and her sister are in the other room arguing and they just have a terrible argument where they're like really horrible. Um, her sister Gulan tells Gulbin that she doesn't know how to keep a man and she's also like, you're a professor of humans, but you're awful with people. What's that about? 
Yeah, I, revising my earlier statement, I meant the sister's the worst. I agree yes, with you. She yes, she is the worst. Yes, I got the names mixed up. Yes. Uh, after she's incredibly mean to her sister at the end of this really long rant, she's like, oh, God, forgive me for being a bitch. And then she like starts to casually smoke a cigarette. It's like, what? What is this? Like, yeah, this is. Psycho. Yeah. I, um, and then Coven physically attacks her, which is hilarious. And they fight, physically fight, but it's like very funny and silly um we learned like, that neither yeah. of them seems to like draw the conclusion that their constant bickering and screaming could be making their brother stressed out and worse right. like, <laughs> like it's not it's not the weed and it's not anything else it's you two being insane yeah that's a great point it's clearly the fact that he can hear them screaming at each other from the room <laughs> yeah. um we learned that somebody kicked their pregnant mother in the stomach which is what happened to their brother so that's awful and then they consequently left the village. So I don't know what that story is, but it sounds terrible. I have some speculation, but I, I could, I'll save it for the gossip section. Okay. Um, and then Gubin like has like a heartfelt, like, don't you see what you're doing to me, sister? Like you're making everything worse. Like, why are you picking on everybody and being so confrontational instead of trying to help? And Gulan, who is the worst, has no response except to just like loudly and aggressively start praying um, and ignoring her sister. And uh, she's the worst, just the worst. So then we go back to the village. We have um, our creepy guy who sneaks up on Ruhie, who's just like in like alone in some random ass area of the village. Um, the, the quarry the quarry oh it's which the quarry. They, they mentioned yeah they mentioned last time um because i don't know if, if we talked about this last episode or when this happened but like just to give context on the previous episode where ruhia went to the town and she went to her friend's house or whatever and then she finds out that this man that she thought was dead is not actually dead right um right. And she want like she was really upset about him being dead. So she's like actually, well, I don't know if I would say relieved, but some sort of emotion regarding. Yeah, it's very complicated. Um, and I think she goes to find him, doesn't she? Because she goes to the quarry on purpose to see him, because he's always hung out by there. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't think about that, but I guess she did. I don't know. Oh, she's so inscrutable to me. Um, so he comes up to her and she's really scared, obviously, but he puts a gun on a rock in between them and says, pull the trigger so we can both find peace. I say, yeah, let's do it. Um, and instead, he <laughs> makes his whole speech about how um, he was young and he couldn't control himself and um, how Ruhie embarrassed him in front of everybody because Yasin uh, beat him in the town square, messed up his arm, his foot, and his face, which is the first thing I like about Yasin. Like, go Yasin. That's awesome. Uh, and Ruhie didn't even know about it. So, like, communicate, folks. Maybe this would have made her feel better. 
yeah, she probably would have had so much closure from that because yeah. she was very happy when she saw him yeah, and found out like that her so husband happy. did. <laughs> yeah. Also, this is like our the show's anti anti PSA that revenge is good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> That's okay, because for a second, I thought they were going to make him redeemable when he started his speech. And I was like, oh, no, no, I can't. No. I can't win yeah. this. They didn't, thankfully. They've done that on a few of the shows we've watched, but that hasn't happened on this one. Yeah. Um, Ruhie says, like, we were kids, you weren't, and walks away. Which, who is we? I don't know. Oh, that knew this well, was a she well, wasn't her friend also, like, there? Or I like there was so. another there was like another girl there that and that's like who the guy married I think in the end like, oh god that's a, yeah because I think he raped both of them and then they like married him off to one of them what is my understanding what because he he, he that, talked like, about how much his wife suffered and like yeah how her life uh, was miserable but I thought it was because oh no it's when the whole town finds out that he was a rapist because I think when Yasin beat him up like he made it really obvious that this guy was a rapist. But then it would be weird for him to talk about the suffering of his family if that woman was his wife. Well, well, he, he his from his perspective, yeah, the suffering is that he can't provide for them because he's because like he's... incapacitated now. Yeah. yeah. But I, I, my understanding, again, it's been a while since I watched the last episode, but uh, I thought that she was when she was looking kind of up from above at his house. And there was like that lady at the doorway. My understanding was that she was the other, like her friend, the other victim of him. Okay. And also like since he's in, since she's in his house that he's walking into with like groceries, they must be married now. Was my interpretation. Okay. That makes sense. I didn't get that at all, but that makes complete sense to me. I also didn't immediately clock the we, because a lot of Turkish people use like the royal we when they mm -hmm. speak so, so i just thought she was speaking in the royal we for herself but yeah, i think i think there were two of them yeah okay. okay then we flash to sinan this is the most um i don't know was, I this, was this lady was this lady in the last episode no Okay, because my mom, when I was watching with my mom, she was like, oh yeah, she showed up in the last episode. I was like, what? <laughs> Did she? <laughs> Did we watch the same last episode? Not um, that I know okay. of. Okay. Yeah, this was this was a weird plot line, but okay, so Sinan looking very different because he doesn't have his half ponytail. I barely recognized him. <laughs> like his whole personality right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's uh, chatting with his mom at the kitchen table and she's, I guess basically she's guilt tripping him about not being home because she fell and uh, if not for the neighbor's son, she would have died there with no one knowing that she was there, which seems a little dramatic. Um, and she's really rubbing in how much she likes the neighbor's son, Erjan. And then Sinan is like really dismissive about his late father in a weird way so I don't know like what the deal is there but I'm sure we will learn and screams at his mother classic and then his mom says something really mean to him and then they go to the living room he apologizes and his mom uh lays the dating pressure on him very thick and is like and air john's the best goodbye <laughs> also she's a hoarder like what is that house yeah. 
that house and is all, really weird yeah and she also like when i was watching it was like this is like every stereotypical turkish mom comment known to man she's like ran through all of them she's like i have <laughs> i have 20 minutes i have to do it all. <laughs> also it's weird because we know he's um quite wealthy Rich. like he lives yeah. in a nice apartment he has a housekeeper so his mom's living situation yeah, why is she in, maybe it's a nice yeah. place but it's weird. i mean she's in squalor at least due to her hoarding mm-hmm. <laughs> but it doesn't it also kind of looks like an old yeah it doesn't, yeah. yeah yeah odd um okay then Ruhie gives ya finally gives Yasin a call and <laughs> she's like totally fixed I guess um so that's something we need to discuss <laughs> but she tells him don't worry we're at the village and we're coming back now and she's seeming a little manic to me yeah um so then we go back to Petty who is wearing another hideous cardigan. (laughs) um, She looks sad, I think because Mariam didn't show up for their scheduled appointment is what I inferred from that. And her mom calls her, um, yeah, her mom calls her. Then we switch to uh, Hilmi, who is uh, the really chatty guy. Mm. and he's chatting with a turkey which <laughs> i loved that that was so adorable was really <laughs> the turkey's talking back which is just <laughs> he's like dr doolittle um and mariam walks by she's going to the bus and he says may i walk you to the bus stop she says don't you have work to do and he's like yes but this is better which was adorable so we go back to Perry and her mom her mom's looking at a scrapbook and um, she's basically asking about her dating life. It's a weird conversation. And then she calls for their um, like housekeeper or whatever, their their uh, help to come and take her teacup, but she calls the wrong name. And so we learned that Hazal was their previous housekeeper. And that's the name that Petty accidentally called Maryam. Um, so which is like an undertone that there's like some class yeah they're like seeing them all as the same right yeah Yeah. um but maybe that's what causes petty that's going to be like impetus for petty to change i don't know Um, yeah the fact that petty called it out was like for me like oh maybe like now she doesn't see them all as right one 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 you know archetype I also saw it as like maybe she sees that she's becoming her mother, basically. Yeah, or yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Whatever no, route no, you, whatever this. route you need to take to growth is still growth. We, we <sighs> Peter just needs desperately some some growth, some growth, <laughs> and fewer cardigans. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so, Maryam just oh, so we got back with Hilmi and Maryam, and um, she just seems really uncomfortable and bored the whole time, and doesn't talk back. <laughs> Uh, which is weird because we know what her per- her normal personality is like. So the whole thing is, I guess when, she's when, shy. When he walks away, though, she kind of smirks, like so right, she likes the attention. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So she, she and she knows he's her... a she knows he's being a dope because he likes her so much. It's not right. like, yeah, right. <laughs> so we we suffer through this whole long theme of <laughs> explaining Carl Jung and then libraries and then bus routes. And finally, he gives her a little present. I think it's chocolate. I don't know. 
and yeah. she looks at it on the bus and she like finally gives this little smile so yes I think uh she's she likes the attention at least I don't unclear if she actually likes him or if she's bored out of her mind <laughs> I mean with her lovely uh brother I don't know how she'd ever be bored or in need of conversation with anybody else yeah <laughs> why why talk to anyone when Yasi could just scream at you <laughs> when Yasi could talk at you for hours <laughs> um Okay, and then Maryam arrives to Perry's office. This scene was really sweet um, and tells her that, it's like, you know, just telling her like, oh my gosh, we found my sister-in-law, she's safe. And Perry starts crying. I, I guess she was just like really glad to see her. That's the vibe I got. Um, and glad that she hadn't scared her away with her mistake. And then we're back in the village and Ruhie and Yasin's son, whose name is Ismail, I guess, Finally speaks. So she's super, super excited about that. I guess they're both healed by this visit and they'll be completely fine and happy now. And she also spies, as we said or mentioned earlier, spies on her rapist who is um goes home and sees his wife and kid, and he's rude to his wife and they seem miserable. And so I guess that gave her some sort of closure on that. Um, so yes, that was a lot. So now we're going to move on into the gossip slash banter slash spilling the apple cider section to discuss it all. we should start with the Ruhie magically getting healed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. discussion because I think it's weird because the show like tries to go really deep and show different sorts of like views of the world and like interpretations of things and then like it's it focuses a lot on like mental illness and like people's relationships with other people and like the complexity of that and then I feel like the whole like Ruhie is like now doing great all of a sudden like Ismail can magically talk now like it's weird that a show that has put so much time in like building these elaborate backstories and connections and like innuendos just like solves that so it's probably too early to call mm -hmm. it solving that I mean it was like a total of like three or four minutes at the end where all this happened and we haven't seen the next well I mean I guess Sophia has seen the next episode but uh, I, I I would at this point think more, you know, a, a high from the revelations. Um, okay. And then like the kid is like much too old to not be speaking. Uh, so clearly <laughs> yeah. he was just choosing not to. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the, the, the vibe improved enough for him to but decide like, to do that. I don't I don't think there's enough reason for us as viewers to like understand why he would speak at this point. I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's pretty on the nose. Like she got closure and like, he's picking up on the improved mood. So he's speaking like, I'm not saying it, I'm not saying that it's hundred percent realistic maybe, but like, I think it's like, I think the story from a storytelling standpoint, it's pretty clear okay. why like they would choose that mo moment. But that's, that's like my whole point. It's too clean. Like it's too neat for this show. If that makes sense. At yeah, least that's my perception. I agree with you, Sophia. I think 
um, if they just continue with like happy, happy Ruhie and Sun into the next episode, then that doesn't really make sense for this show for me. Um, but if it was like she's she was super depressed and now she's manic and now she you know next thing we know something else then that makes a lot more like yeah. real sense for this yeah that would make a lot of sense but yeah i it because how old is the boy he's like eight years old or, or yeah. like maybe five i think he's like six or seven yeah i mean like obviously they've done a good job of showing like how traumatic their life with their mother was up to this point and I mean obviously a kid will be able to pick up on that change very easily because it's really impact like just her attitude and like her in the car like hitting herself against the window and like those scenes have been like really intense also so I- he's been out of like the argumentative environment for several days now mm-hmm. I think yeah. so like like it's not just like the moment of her being happy it's like all that change in environment potentially is also leading to him feeling like he wants to talk now because i mean certainly with yasin's overreactions to everything that's not really conducive to him yeah probably staying with that um friend of hers was like very nice normal environment yeah Mm. that's a good that's a good point Cause yeah, that's stress. Like those scenes were so stressful for me. I can't imagine for like an actual child yeah. living in that situation. Yeah. yeah. He's also very cute. I, I enjoy yeah. watching yeah. him. Yeah. <laughs> He's very cute. Yeah. And then like, what do you guys think of like her name? Is her name Maryam? Yes. The, the main, main character. The main character, yeah. Yeah. Like her, like warming up to Hilmi in some sense. I like it. I think, the I think person... he means well, I think. I think that's been established. Yeah. I mean, I think the impression that I got from the show or, like, from, like, this relationship in particular was that, like, she felt so much responsibility over, like, the children and the house situation with her, with her brother, like, with her brother and all the stuff that she probably, like, wasn't able to really think about herself in any role different than her current role and I think that's been shifting a little mm-hmm. bit with everything that's happened plus like her talking to Hilmi and I feel like maybe that's why she's warming up to him yep. yeah I like that I like that idea yeah I mean who knows but he seems really nice um and like we know she's actually a chatterbox so the fact that she doesn't talk back at him is kind of annoying to me but I guess once they both start going uh, yeah I do have a friend who is like that and is dating somebody who's like that they both just talk all the time and somehow it oh, works. God. So, oh wow <laughs> it oh, can work it, yeah it can work it can work um, um and what do you guys make of the whole discussion between Gudbin and her sister? Oh I gosh. think I think if we just I just wanted to comment on like the kicking her pregnant mom in the stomach thing. Mm-hmm. So my theory, and this is just me, my personal speculation, because she mentioned like that happened and then they had to leave mm-hmm. and they, you know, got completely cut off from their their 
I guess like whatever family roots support system etc and then everything Mm -hmm. fell apart further my theory is that they were I mean they were living somewhere rural probably in the southeast or east of Turkey where there's you know a Kurdish majority and um, in a lot of those small communities it's very much dominated by like it's very feudal almost like the way the the villages are set up like and it's not legal it's not supposed to be like that but um you still have like you know due to lack of kind of government investment in those areas over the last you know century ish and um or even longer and and kind of like the local uh leaders that have like in terms of like hereditarily they've just that family's kind of always been in charge in that part of part of the in that neck of the woods and that just continues uh so it's kind of futile in that sense that you know the people in the village if they say anything counter they do anything the the family in charge or the man in charge doesn't like like it can lead to really serious repercussions so of course like we have no idea like what the mom or or it could even be her husband like we don't know what any of them did for that to be i mean there's obviously no excuse for it regardless but we don't know what triggered it but my theory is that they got at odds with whoever ran their village basically Mm -hmm. um and then that person ran them out as a whole family after also damaging the unborn child etc um and and uh goodbin made a comment along the lines and i think sammy you paraphrased it as well but you know she was asking her sister like why are you doing this like you're don't you see that you're falling into the same kind of trap of making us fight with each other like they did like back where we came from and like they do you know i I, i'm i'm kind of extrapolating here but also like what they do in turkish society kind of writ large and i think i kind of took that as not only the classic you know kurdish versus turkish thing um which in this case doesn't really apply because they're sisters um it's i think it's more of the religious versus secular thing when it's really especially in their case they're women like it's like you should be on the same side because like a lot of these questions that get people you know all uh tangled up is around like how women should present themselves or dress or behave um but i mean at the end of the day what they're trying to control is what women do um on either side not just the religious side or the secular side and so i kind of that was my kind of extrapolation i will also say that i you know i'm watching this now um in the context of (laughs) december 2023 when in turkey right now there's a very controversial show that just started uh, about a a religious cult that's inspired by like real religious cults um and how uh women are are trapped and abused um and also how there's hypocrisies on the secular side so it kind of deals with both sides of the coin um in society and that's just gotten everybody riled up but more more, more so the religious folks but it's gotten everyone riled up some kind of I've, you know and there's a there was an episode in the second episode there was a scene where a girl from the cult was scolding a secular man who was judging her and she was like you're all the same because you're trying to control us like the only thing that is consistent across both of your viewpoints is that you're trying to dictate what is it isn't right for a woman to do um so I've just you know I just saw that so I was kind of thinking about that and then also that's how I 
read this argument, but they might have been trying to say something else. And I might just be biased from what I watched in another show. Um, but anyway, I think it's in their best interest to get along as soon as possible, <laughs> but they're very toxic. Yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah, what stuck out to me was like the weaponized piety because that's mm -hmm. just... Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> the aggressive <laughs> prey was like a, such a good illustration of that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like the lack of empathy from her is is kind of stunning um so i don't know what possible resolution there could be there in one episode but uh i'm sure we'll see them again yeah it feels like they need more episodes at this moment like i remember really watching does. this i remember watching this and feeling like it all got to like it, i was satisfied but i also binge watched it now of course we're spreading this out over more time and talking about it in a more detailed way so mm -hmm. hopefully i'm hopefully i won't have the opposite reaction to the final episode this time <laughs> through where i'm like oh this needed like five more episodes for it to make sense uh, <laughs> there's a lot of threads right now there's I a know. lot of threads. I have yeah. Thoughts. yeah i have thoughts on that but i'll see them for next year yeah <laughs> yeah and um i'm also curious like are more of these characters gonna cross paths slash interact like we've seen Mariam and a couple and many people cross paths but not so much interaction except for with Perry mm -hmm. um yeah. so it would be really interesting if they could bring them together in some way in the finale maybe they'll all be on that soap opera together oh my gosh <laughs> yeah we didn't see that girl I like that girl yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, I I I really like where Perry is going. Um, like I really felt that when she was like so relieved and happy to see um Mariam, and I hope that she can actually help her. Mm -hmm. And also get some help for herself, Jesus. And get some help for herself <laughs> that's not her shady ass friend Gulvin. Yeah, uh, <laughs> she has to just imagine that all those sessions were completely useless at this completely. point because her friend was just like rolling her eyes at her every time they yeah horrible horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Anything about Hi Hoja and Hironisa? I mean, uh, yeah, wow. <laughs> so he just doesn't know anything. <laughs> no, no, and. I feel kind of bad for him because I feel like it's that moment in every like child parent relationship where like the child has a whole life ahead of them and the parent like only has a child to cling to for like I don't know what the right word is but like it's that weird moment where like I mean the whole the parent's life has been about the kid for a long mm -hmm. for a long time and now the kid's like sorry I want to have my own life bye mm -hmm. And it's it's hard because it like coincides with the death of his wife and it, he clearly is like very upset by it. But he needs to like figure his own life out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's kind of, I, I appreciate his character just because they could have made him like a caricature of like, a, you know, in a mom or like a religious figure um, and kind of a community leader. And he could have been like a total like despot or he could have been really mean or like two-dimensional but mean yeah. and he's not mean at all um and his 
it's it's really clear that his marriage was like a huge part of his identity yeah um even maybe even more so than being a father I feel like he's like very just wrecked and not having a wife um and and her specifically of course um and he's just so vulnerable and he cries all the time like you don't have like the the machismo that you see with uh, you know other uh Turkish men uh on screen so I'm glad they went that direction with his character but oof if he finds out (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> more about his daughter I don't know how he's gonna take it I don't think he'll I don't think he'll ever completely disown her or freeze her out but it, it would be really rocky for sure yeah um, I mean if listening to foreign music is is something to worry about it's like... yeah also the foreign music is like boop boop beep beep boop like it's like that it's like, it's not, like there's not even lyrics sir it's fun it's really bad foreign music it's really me. bad it's like a guy it's, guy on his laptop foreign music yeah. it's funny because he doesn't seem that much of a caricature but then he like says those sorts of things and it's just like so funny yeah that's, yeah, that's, to, be, yeah, that's to be expected i guess <laughs> yeah also, I will say Turkish people love their Turkish music. Like it's, <laughs> people will be like, oh, you're listening to that? Why not listen to this in Turkish? <laughs> so. Um, anything about Sinan? I don't really understand like what this added to his and character. Why, yeah, why introduce now? No. Were they thinking there'd be another season? Again, I don't feel like I finished the show thinking I needed another season. So I'm just like really concerned now that my first impression was wrong. <laughs> this last episode's gonna be like WTF yeah I mean certainly I don't need a tragic backstory for every character I would rather not but um why put in this relationship with his mom like it that doesn't surprise me at all that this is their relationship it doesn't give me any new depth to him like or dislike for him so I don't know where they're going with that but I guess yeah the next episode um predictions for Yasin and Ruhie and their uh loving reunion fingers crossed fingers crossed yeah I, I remember a couple of things about like how she makes her way back home but uh I mean like funny things but I, yeah I don't know we'll see <laughs> <laughs> it's so fresh in my mind so I won't comment yeah. okay <laughs> all right um I think I hope that Yasin can interact with her without yelling at her for running away because that will not put them off on a good foot. I'm sure he won't yell. He'll, he'll, he never yells. Oh, yeah. No, he never yells. He never so uses well. anger in response to the problems he's faced with. <laughs> oh, um, anything else for this section? I was just thinking he needs whatever uh Gudvin's brother is getting for sure. Oh yes, some of the ganja for sure. Just calm down. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I think that would help him immensely. <laughs> yeah, it really would. Also, I feel like like they don't really go into it, but I feel like he's also got some like something some damage from when he was like special ops or whatever, mm-hmm. which they kind of like alluded to but didn't elaborate on. So yeah. It, therapy plus you know maybe some an assist (laughs) could could help him yes agree yeah 
All right, so now we are going to move on into the history section where Sophia is going to teach us about voodoo, which is the um, ritual ablution that was mentioned in this episode. So basically, um, voodoo is um, an Islamic procedure where you cleanse parts of the body. So it's actually like a smaller ablution because a full ablution is like you wash your whole body. Um, and there are like four mandatory acts in the process. So you need to wash your face, then your arms, then your head, then your feet. And you have to do it in that order. And you aren't supposed to have a big break between them because that's like part of the ritual in order to like stay clean or achieve purity that's like not only physical, but that physical purity like becomes spiritual purity in a sense. Um, and there's like a fiqh, so like there's some Islamic jurisprudence around like the norms of this, of these rituals. Um, and basically people usually do it before prayers and it can be invalidated. So like, even if you purify yourself, there's certain activities that you do that will require you to do the ablution again. So like, for example, urinating, defecating, flatulence, deep sleep light bleeding, menstruation, postpartum, or sexual intercourse. Um, so as I mentioned, that's like the partial ablution, while the full ablution is called gusl. Um, and you have to wash your whole body for that. Um, and in some parts of the world, there's also dry ablution, which is called tayamum. Um, and it uses sand or dust instead of water in places where there's like not a lot of water or like for some reason you can't use water. Um, and then there's also, you can also purify the clothes and the body and that's called tahara. So there's a lot of different ways to purify yourself. Um, and would you do the, like the non-wudu, like any of the full ablutions? Like what, what are the occasions for that? Or do some people just like choose to do that instead of wudu for like um, all prayers? So it's, it's for some rituals. So like, for example, after sexual intercourse, and before Friday prayer or for prayers for Islamic holidays to prepare for the Hajj. Uh, um, it's like the major, losing, major stuff. You get like if you lose consciousness for some reason or if you formally convert. Um, and also like Sunni Muslims do it um, before the prayer of repentance, Salat al-Tabwa. It's like a, a ritual bath. And there's some types for different purposes. So like, depending on what you did, like for example, if you had menstruation, like as the Orthodox Jews have their like ritual bath, the, the Muslim um, women also have um, the bath, like or after giving birth, um, it's also done on people when they die. Um, that, yeah. That's the only one I was familiar with was like the family, usually the children mm -hmm. washing, uh, the the body that's to be buried but I, I wasn't sorry you said children so like children. yeah yeah i think it's usually well maybe it's like a maybe that's more like turkish funerary tradition but it's usually like the sons especially um if it's the father for example but i did, i wasn't aware that there were occasions for full you know other i, I always thought it was just like the hands and the feet and stuff so that's interesting but also, apparently, if you touch a dead body, you also need to do. Oh. 
religion, but it um like the Sunni uh, Muslims do like have different occasions for it rather than the Shia Muslims. Mm -hmm. Honestly, this is, you know, very good hygiene practices that originated in the 7th century. Yeah, that's century. what I was going to say. It's like <laughs> yeah. fascinating when yeah. you hear about religious rituals that are rooted in, um, like, basic um, hygiene that was a good yeah. idea to propagate for everybody to do all the time. Yeah, yeah. meanwhile, in Europe, uh, Dr. Semmelweis in Hungary was like, hey, shouldn't we wash these sheets after women give birth in the late 1800s? And people were like, no, are you crazy? <laughs> Ew! <laughs> He was the first one to do it, and none of his patients died, like, after he started that. And then everyone was like, don't be ridiculous. It has nothing to do with laundry or washing your hands. Yeah. Germ well, theory was not really a thing until the early 1900s, so it's wild. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, um, it's a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. And apparently, um, like, according to the Quran, uh, God loves those who turn to him constantly and he loves those who keep themselves pure and clean. So it's definitely something from the Quran. Um, and it said that the, like the prophet Muhammad said, cleanliness is half of the faith, half of faith, sorry. So it's like definitely very clear in the Islamic texts. And um, it is it is mandatory for daily prayers, tawaf, um, which, is this Islamic ritual of pilgrimage that's mandatory during the Hajj and the Umrah? Um, oh, it's when people go around the Ka the Kaaba. Mm. Um, so yeah, basically, it's it's a requirement for a lot of of different rites, um, and there's a lot of hadith. So like different, I mean, Muslim texts and stories where basically um the ablution is like very recognized and um encouraged if not mandatory <laughs> um but I, I think that's really interesting um to find out like whether the origin was more like if if there was an awareness that being clean also meant being more healthy or if it was just like kind of based on something religious and it had a positive health consequence. I think people probably colloquially observed that, oh, this seems to help. And then yeah. it was just codified in a, I mean, what more, what more effective way <laughs> to get right. people to adopt it than saying, this is, you know, what God revealed to me. Uh, so mm -hmm. if, if it works, it works. <laughs> yeah. And then you can only use certain types of water. So you can use melted snow or hail, water of the ocean, lakes or ponds, well water, fountain water, mm. or tap water. But you can't use green water, um, which is like water that has like algae, I imagine. Um, water made from trees or fruits, water that contains urine, blood, or stool, or has been touched by a live or dead animal. Seems yeah, and, and like used wudu or gusul um like somebody already did a wudu like did wudu, uh, or wudu with that water and yeah so then i mean there's a lot of like, text and information depending on what uh which like branch or i don't know what's the correct way to say it or like which if you're sunni or shia um but yeah basically and and 
there's like some certain like best practices or like recommended acts when you're doing the wudu. So you're supposed to recite the shahada um, and you should not engage in worldly talk. You should do it in a clean place. You shouldn't waste water. You need to start from the right and then go to the left. And yeah, there's there's different things. Um, and there's some alternatives, like for example, if you have a skin disease or a disability or you don't have clean water, then you do the dry ablution that I mentioned beforehand. And they also do that in places where it's like really cold and you can get hypothermia from like wetting your body. Um, and yeah, I think that's mostly um, about wudu. Awesome. Apparently, Carl Jung talked about it also, which oh, ties so into... I'm sure he, he may will uh, share once. <laughs> he will talk about it, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because like, oh, says... girl, I heard you like ablutions. <laughs> like, <laughs> all into Carl Jung. <laughs> it says, like most ritual acts, ablution may carry a wide range of meanings to those who perform it. The stain of ritual uncleanness may be felt as a real as real as contamination with unseen germs is for the medically minded. The act of cleansing may be only a gesture symbolic of desired purity of the soul. Or, as Carl Jung and others have suggested, in studies of unconscious elements, both objective and subjective aspects may be fused into the ritual act. So I think that's also what we talked about beforehand, of like how much of it is something practical and some, how much of it is like something religious or spiritual. Yeah. All right. And um, if you're walking around and you see a, a mosque, I know in Turkey, I don't know in, in other countries, but um, you usually see fountains or like spigots outside and you'll see people um, performing this. So that's pretty cool. But they sometimes also do it not only in the mosques. I remember, I don't know if you guys remember, we were in a museum in Antep and people were performing the ablutions in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it was prayer time. Yeah, but usually you should use like in, in uh the airport and stuff there will always be signs saying like don't use these sinks for that mm -hmm. use like the designated sinks near the masjid um which is kind of like a chapel quote unquote so they shouldn't but also like it's more important that you get your ablution in then what yeah. you know as long as it's like clean running water that's acceptable for the faith like people are going to use it but if there's a designated ablution zone, like that's, you know, what, pe what people are steered to use. <laughs> yep. All right. Now we are going to move on into our favorite and final section, which is what the fuck, uh, Sultan of Success and Fatima's hit list. So what are your what the fucks? The mom storyline for Sinan, as we mentioned, I was yes. just like, why are, why are we watching That's this? Going. I mean, yes, it's description of the fight. What the fuck? Oh, yeah. That <laughs> was like fabricated. Um, I would also say Perry's mom. Like, I, it doesn't add anything for me. Perry is on her own journey and I totally understand like her character, I feel like. And I don't think her talking to her mom does anything for me. Her her mom 
I think should have been introduced earlier um, if she's yeah. going to be like a whole thing. But this is like, in effect, her second appearance. Yeah. And we're not really getting much from her beyond her being like very biased and very like uh, yeah. neurotic and like high pressure inducing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I, I definitely do think the whole thing is to show a Petty is like way more biased than she wants to think. Like Petty, mm-hmm. I'm going to say very colloquially, like Petty thinks she's woke and that she's like progressive and that yeah. she's educated and Western and whatever. But like, I think she thinks she's better than her mom because she like, isn't as like you know everything should be like it is in the west and like whatever like i'm not i don't need to like be tolerant of people that that are religious or anything like that and then petty like both like in her mind she's equating meridian to the woman that like cleans her mother's house in a way Mm -hmm. i think that is very telling of like who she really is versus who she thinks she is or who she wishes she were. And I, I mean, I agree with you guys that that it wasn't necessary to like show that scene in that way in order to convey that. Cause I think she had already conveyed that through like, for example, what she thought of the soap operas and what she thought of people who watch soap. Like, I think there's a, already a lot of like elements that have like made it clear that she thinks in a way that's not the way that she thinks she thinks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and then Perry's cardigans. Just, <laughs> I don't have anything about against cardigans, but just the way she buttons them all up over her pants, and they're like the V ones, and it's just bad. It's bad for her. Um. Okay. Sultan of success. Yeah. I mean, it's got to be Ruhie at this point, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Or Hydronisa. Or like being able to go back to Konya and mm-hmm. like keep her independence. Mm-hmm. Despite she, she, the. She was a little too mopey this episode for me to give it to her. <laughs> <laughs> also, her alone in her room music dancing really needs some work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Automatic DQ. Yeah. <laughs> Like, again, if you're not dancing, you're just, like, vibing, but, like, it didn't, it didn't really, it was very odd. I was worried about her neck. Yeah, those are big headphones. You've got to be careful. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What about Fatima's hit list? Um, I mean, the rapist, obviously, always. (laughs) Um, Gulan? Oh, yeah, also always. (laughs) As long as she behaves like that, rather, always. Yeah. (laughs) Um, oh god who was I just thinking of just flew out of my brain oh like Sudan's whole family and the neighbor guy I don't know they all seem really annoying (laughs) (laughs) Sudan's whole plot line (laughs) yeah his whole plot line anyone that comes near that thing you're gone (laughs) except for the soap opera lady she's she's funny yeah she's great we also saw like no no consequences of him hearing himself being dissed by Goopin. So I don't I wonder if we'll hear more about that in the next episode because that was brutal. Yeah. Maybe that's why he maybe maybe the growth we're supposed to see is that he wouldn't have come and checked on his mother who fell, if not for how bad he felt about getting cussed out by Goopin. <laughs> to her friends wow he's a real humanitarian now (laughs) yeah yeah i think i think that's the arc (laughs) wow no stretching at all yeah (laughs) 
All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. Congratulations to Ruhie. We hope that your good mood continues. Um, watch out to obviously the rapist. Uh, there's a gun ar lying around, so Fatma should be able to take care of that. And then um, Gulan and also Sinan's storyline, if Fatma has time. Uh, next time, we'll be talking about the final episode, episode eight. And thank you all so much for listening.